What if you could make just a few small tweaks to your communication with potential clients in order to close more discoveries and land more clients? Sales is an unavoidable part of running a successful virtual assistant business, but the good news is that we don't have to turn into used car salesmen with sleazy tactics in order to see results. My pal and sales expert, Nikki Rausch, has a gift for teaching business owners how to sell their services authentically without ever coming across as as pushy. My pal and sales expert Nikki Rausch has a gift for teaching business owners how to sell their services authentically without ever coming across as pushy. In today's episode of the Support Squad podcast, Nikki is sharing her tips for holding successful discovery calls and closing them like a pro. If you're ready to move away from wishy-washy discovery calls and into closing with confidence, you are going to love today's episode. You're listening to the Support Squad Podcast, where virtual assistants come together to share their best business tools and tips. Virtual assistant for life coaches Sharon Nissen created the Support Squad with a firm belief in community over competition. Whether you're a new virtual assistant looking for advice on how to get started or an established virtual assistant looking to expand your skills and invite even more abundance into your career, you're in the right place. Working from home doesn't have to be lonely. We're in this together. Now, here she is, the host of the Support Squad podcast, Sharon Nissen. Hey, hey, you guys, welcome into the Support Squad podcast. Today's episode is packed with value. If discovery calls are still a little bit of a mystery to you, if you're leaving discovery calls with a feeling like you were missing something or it didn't close up quite the way that you wanted it to, you're going to learn so much today. So I want to dive right into this today's episode, but first I want to tell you a little bit about Nikki. So CEO of Sales Maven, an organization dedicated to authentic selling, Nikki Rausch has the unique ability to transform the misunderstood process of selling. With over 25 years of experience selling to prestigious organizations such as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Hewlett Packard, and NASA, Nikki shattered sales records in many industries, receiving multiple top producer awards along the way. Today, entrepreneurs and small business owners from a wide range of disciplines hire Nikki to show them how to sell successfully and authentically without being pushy or salesy. An engaging and sought-after speaker, she shares the secrets of her sales success through illuminating keynote addresses and business-changing workshops. Her robust sales maven society ignites game-changing outcomes for clients. Nikki's three popular books are available at Amazon, and her podcast, Sales Maven, can be found on your favorite podcast platform. I'm so excited for you guys to meet Nikki and learn all of this from her, so let's dive in to the Support Squad podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited <laughs> to spend some time with you. I'm thrilled to have you. I um, I know you're the sales maven, which is so important. Um, when I first started my virtual assistant business, I remember just being kind of shocked by how much sales was actually involved. It wasn't <laughs> a huge part of my past experience. And yeah. So excited that you're here to, to talk us through some discovery call stuff and all of that. But before we, we dive into all you have to share, I'd love to know just a little bit about you and um, your journey and your business and how you got started here in the online space. Okay. Well, my background is I'm a professional sales 
person, professional, right? By trade. So I worked in the technology space for many years, for 17 years. And while while working in that space, I was a traveling like road where I was a, you know, handling a territory regional sales manager. And while doing that, I started studying neurolinguistic programming. I don't know if you, you seem like maybe you're familiar with Yeah, that. I was okay. just, I just had a whole conversation with my husband that I really want to learn more about it because- about Yes. Yes. I'm very interested. So that's so cool. So for anybody (laughs) listening, if you haven't heard the term before, it's, it's essentially the study of communication. So, um, I started studying it thinking it would help me be better at sales and it did, but it also helped me just be a better communicator, which then improved all the relationships in my life. And so while studying that, um, and being a traveling road warrior, at some point I kind of got burnt out and decided there should be something a little bit more fulfilling out there for me. So I left my corporate job, went to work for my NLP teacher to help her grow her business. And while doing that is the very first time I started hanging out with entrepreneurs, started going to networking groups and I was meeting all these incredible people that were doing really cool things and making an impact in the world. And a lot of them were struggling to make money. And I found that the reason they were struggling is because they didn't really understand how to have effective sales conversations. And at that point, I'd been selling for so long, it kind of came natural. And I just started helping some of them kind of on the side of just like, hey, let me show you or let me teach you a little phrase. If you change what you're saying here, and if you say this instead, it'll get easier. It'll be easier for the client, blah, blah, blah. And my business really was born out of that of somebody in my networking group pulling me aside and being like, why aren't you teaching people this? It works. It helps. Like people need to know this. And my first instinct, which maybe we'll see if it relates to some of you out there, was like, well, that's dumb because everybody can do this. Like who would pay me money to do this? Right. Right. And um, <laughs> turns out here I am coming up on eight years in my business and people pay me money to learn how to have effective sales conversations. And I get to work with the most amazing entrepreneurs, primarily women. Um, and it's just been the best journey ever. And I'm so blessed to get to do what I do and to teach people how to have better, more effective sales conversations that don't come across icky and gross that are actually mm-hmm. easy and are just more effective, frankly, for the prospect and also for, for, the, for the seller. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you talk about how it's just these small shifts, just changing the wording on some things can make all of the difference and having those skills can really transform your business. So that's such important work that you're doing. And when it comes to like the virtual assistants in my community, I see one of the, the big things they struggle with is maybe they've started to meet some new um, contacts. They've started doing some networking. They're getting more visible on social media and doing all of that. And um, the one place where I could see see that they need a lot of support is how do we you shift that into a sales conversation? Like how do you pick up on cues from other people about are they ready to start doing business mm-hmm. with you or is this just another, you know, coffee chat? <laughs> so how do yeah. we tell? <laughs> Okay. So that's such a great question. So I teach um, a process to a sales conversation. I call it the selling staircase. Mm -hmm. I wrote my third book about it. And 
in, in the steps of the selling staircase, there's five steps. Step two is learning how to create curiosity. So when you're having those coffee chats, you want to be able to create a little bit of curiosity. And when you do create curiosity, what happens is the people that you're in conversation with will give you buying signals. Now, buying signal is a verbal or a nonverbal cue that somebody gives that indicates interest. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to like sign up right now on the spot. Mm -hmm. But there's some kind of interest there. And when you get a buying signal, your job is to act on it in the moment, in that conversation, not wait, go back to them a week later. Although if you have missed a buying signal, you can go back a week later, (laughs) but I want you to do it in the moment. So when you start to recognize this person is indicating in some way that "Hmm, maybe there's something there, or maybe I could use you in some way, or, you know, asking, you know, there's a couple different buying signals. So one of the like most obvious ones, and I can break these down into as much detail as you want, but when somebody starts asking you questions, questions about your business. Like, so how do you work with clients? Or so what is like, what is a package for you? Or how does somebody hire you? Is it hourly or is it this? Like they're starting to ask questions. Those are buying signals. I want in that, in that moment, I want you to go like, Ooh, buying signal. Now my job is to act on it. So when you get a signal like that, you got to check it out. Your job then is to answer the question because they've asked you a question. So you answer the question, but then you follow up with what is known as an invitation. So for instance, if somebody says like, so, so how do people work with you? Then you would answer the question. You would talk about, you know, ways that I work with client is this and this. And then you might say something like, now, is that something you might be interested in knowing more about? Or, or are you looking for a virtual assistant? You follow up with that question. And then as soon as you issue what I call an invitation, you zip it and you wait and you let the person answer and say, oh no, I was just curious. Or actually, yeah, I am in the market for a virtual assistant. Well, now, now we can start talking and having real business conversations because now we know, okay, I've shifted gears And now you're in what I call the discovery mode of the sales conversation. So look for those buying signals, issue invitations, and then move people to that discovery process. I love that. And some of the the things that you, the questions that came up, is it, I noticed like it's kind of about the mechanics when they start to actually put themselves in a situation where they're thinking about what it would be like to work with you. Are those Mm -hmm. some of like the main questions you see is where they're asking like, what specifically is it like to work with you? Yeah. Sometimes it's, um, they're like future pacing. Like, so if somebody were to hire you, how would that go? Well, they're, they're asking as if they're like asking for a invisible friend, but (laughs) they're asking for them in some way. So let's never pretend like they have an invisible friend. They might, but Mm -hmm. the idea there is to act on that. Now, another example of a buying signal is somebody might say to you like, Oh my gosh, I've heard such great things about your work. You know, my friend, you know, just raved about you that worked with you or, oh my gosh, I heard about you from this networking group. And people just say like, you're amazing to work with. So that's not a question. That's a compliment, Mm -hmm. right? And that's another potential buying signal. So if somebody is going like, oh my gosh, I heard such great things about you, you know, this and that. I want you to say, thank you. Cause you just got a compliment. That's, <laughs> you know, our parents teach us like, you know, when you get a compliment, you, you say, thank you. So you're going to say, thank you. And then you're going to say now, now, is there ever an opportunity where I could be a resource for you? Mm-hmm. And just asking that question and kind of leaving it out there. Now that question, the person who you ask it of 
is going to insert context because I didn't actually insert any context into that question. So they're going to make sense of that question. Now they may say, oh, well, you know, I was wondering if you know, you know, so-and-so, could you introduce me? That, right, that could be the context. Or they might Mm. say, actually, you know, I've never hired a virtual assistant before, but I've been thinking about it. And so I'd love to talk more. Well, awesome. Now we're having a real business conversation with a prospect. Yeah, I love that. And I love, and I've heard you do this a couple of times, talk about how important it is to listen and respond to what Mm -hmm. people are saying. So not just like moving forward with a script, but really to like pause and respond and act like a human, which is so important. (laughs) Yeah. And the distinction I make about that, because I think one of the biggest misconceptions about sales is that sales is something that you do to people and that's not it. Sales is actually something you do with people. And with means having conversation. So your job is to not talk at people until they either run away or hire you. Your job is to talk with them. Mm -hmm. And the way you talk with people is with real conversation, questions, answers, back and forth. That's conversation. And frankly, that's how you move like sales to the place where we do actually exchange dollars for, for services versus, I mean, I think we've all been on the receiving end of somebody who is selling at us and talking at us. And it just feels like they're word vomiting all over us, which is really gross. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely want to avoid that. (laughs) So moving on to another like important part of the the sales conversation with folks. um, I know one thing you talk about um, in regards to discovery calls is pre-framing. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and how, how to do that? Yes. So pre-framing is what you do at the very beginning of the call. And the objective of a pre-frame is there's a couple reasons. It creates safety in the conversation because Mm -hmm. believe it or not, you might be nervous about having this conversation with somebody, but they also might be nervous talking to you because Mm -hmm. they don't know what you know. They're being vulnerable by admitting that they need help, right? So there's, you got to create some safety. So an example of a pre-frame is we're going to establish you as the kind of the leader of that call. And so an example might be, I might say, you know, Sharon, so great to have this time with you today. Thank you so much. We're scheduled to chat for about, I don't know, 20 minutes. Does that still work for you? So I'm just checking in and I'm showing you respect by asking about your schedule. Because frankly, if you're like, look, girl, I got 10 minutes and that's it. I don't want to be the person who's talking past that 10 minutes and that you're now annoyed with, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you go, yeah, it also if you're not sure how long we're going to meet and you're worried that you have an appointment at the half hour, you know, we want to be able to bring that out. So you're not like thinking the whole time, like, Oh my gosh, should I say something? Should I not? Are we going to end? Like, I don't want your mind cluttered with that stuff. So I'm going to check about time. And then I'm going to say now in order to make this, this conversation meaningful and productive for you, notice I make it about you. It's not about me. So in order to make this conversation meaningful and productive, is it okay if I start with a couple quick questions? Now, by asking permission to ask question, it also puts you in a position of now you know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? As the prospect, you, you have an idea of like, oh, Nikki's going to ask me some questions. Now you might say, actually, I'd rather ask you questions. Okay. But most people are going to say, yeah, sure, go ahead. And then, so that's the pre-frame. So it establishes safety. It also establishes the flow of how the meeting's going to go versus just getting on a call and winging it. Right. And you get 25 minutes in 
and you're still talking about each other's kids or <laughs> the weather, but you never actually talk business. And then the person's like, I got to go. And then mm-hmm. you're like, oh no, I missed out on an opportunity to actually earn this person's business. Yeah, totally. We can get on those calls sometimes and time just can fly by if we don't have some kind of plan. And we want to make sure we get in all of the questions that we want to get. So like for when you think about the things that are most important to ask, what is what are what is one of the most important questions that we could ask someone on a discovery call? Well, there's there's going to be specific questions to your business that are super important, but I'm going to give you a general question that I think everybody can ask regardless of what it is that you do is what's important to you in regards to hiring a virtual assistant or you know Mm -hmm. for me I ask this question like what's important to you this year in regards to your sales goals like I'm going to ask that what's important to you question and the reason that you ask that question is because this person may or may not have ever thought of the answer But yet when they can come up with an answer in that moment, they're essentially giving you a little bit of a roadmap of how to earn their business. Because if you pay attention to what they say, and when you get to the part of the conversation when you're in proposal, and you can reference back how you're going to meet that need or how you're going to hit whatever it is that they've talked about that's important to them, it's really like you're speaking their individual language. And it sends the message, I see you, I hear you, I have a solution that is custom for you that allows the person to go, this is my person. Of course, I'm going to hire you. Great. I love, yeah, I love that. What's most important? That is so, so clear and so powerful because we're, again, yeah, bringing that focus back to them. And I think as service providers, you know, it's really, we feel inclined to to help people and want to do what's best for them. And so another thing that I see come up with virtual assistants on sales calls a lot of times is they, they want to start immediately like fixing the problems because mm-hmm. they get on a sales call with a potential client and the client's saying, you know, oh, I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with this and you want to start giving them solutions right away. Do you recommend that we do that? Start showing our expertise and, and coaching people through stuff or do you do you recommend that we take a different approach with that? I recommend a different approach. And the reason for that <laughs> is because for you, you're really you're an expert at what you do and you know all that you know, right? You've been doing it for years. You have some sense of expertise that this other person doesn't have. Because frankly, why would they be talking to you if they could do it themselves, <laughs> right? So there's something that you know that they need some help with, but they don't know what you know. So right. when you start doing these little like, what maybe seems like a little solution, it it's like, well, I can show them that this one little thing and it's going to like change their world. And it's just for me, it's nothing because I'm able to do all these other things for them too once they hire me. But they don't know all that you know. They just know that one thing that you gave them. And I always explain this is, is it's kind of like imagining all that you know and all of your resources, all your expertise is like this big, beautiful beach behind you. And it's just filled with grains of sand. And each grain of sand is some piece of expertise that you can bring to this person into solving a problem. And you give them one grain of sand because you know behind you, there's this Mm -hmm. gorgeous beach full of resources, but they don't know about the beach. They can't see the beach. They think that piece of sand is the beach and you give them that and then they go, well, now I don't need to hire you. Or they think, well, it seems really simple. So I probably shouldn't invest money in this. And not that we're trying to make it seem complicated, but 
coaching during a discovery call is a huge mistake because you'll often talk people out of hiring you. And also you put yourself in this position of like, I have to prove myself to you. And that creates an imbalance in relationship. I always say in sales, we want there to be a balance in relationship. One party should never hold more power than the other because people, frankly, will start to abuse it. And so when when you do this, it creates this like, you're almost in this mode of like, I'm trying to convince you that I'm so good that I'm going to help you. And you should never try to convince in sales. Your job is not to convince. Your job is to ask good questions that lead the person to hiring you, offer a solution that's going to solve their problem, and then give them that way to take that next step with you. You do not need to coach. You don't need to give advice, especially giving away your expertise for free mm-hmm. because here's the, you know, here's the kind of the most unsatisfying part of giving somebody a tip that you know is going to help them. When they don't pay you money for it, they're much less likely to implement it. And because they don't implement it, they don't get results. They don't walk away going like, oh my gosh, Sharon, you blew my mind. You're amazing. They walk away and somebody goes like, so is Sharon somebody I should hire? And they're like, "Mm, I mean, she's okay. Mm -hmm. No, we got to let them hire you. Then you're going to blow their mind. Then you're going to do all the things for them that's going to make a difference. And then they're going to become these awesome advocates out in the marketplace and ambassadors for you. Yeah, I love I, I love everything that you just said. It's it's so important that we give people that opportunity to see what we're really experts in it and provide that transformation for them. We can't do it on a discovery call alone and we shouldn't. So I totally agree. Um, So moving into like that final phase of the discovery call, and this is another place where I just see virtual assistants struggle at first because it can feel really hard to kind of close the sale, Mm -hmm. seal the deal. So how, what is like the most important thing we should do at the very end of the call that's going to help us to close the sale and like bring some resolution to, to the conversation. Well, okay. So there's a little bit, there's a little bit to this answer. That's okay. Of course. Okay. So (laughs) you've asked your questions. You already now know, or at least have in your mind a potential solution for them. Mm -hmm. So that's the discovery. So you never sell during discovery part of the conversation. You're asking questions. You're like getting to the heart of the matter then you're going to issue an invitation to move to step four in the process, which is the proposal. So I might say to you, you know, based on everything you've shared, I do see a way that we could work together. Are you interested to hear more about that? Mm-hmm. They're going to say yes, right? So <laughs> then, I mean, chances are they're going to say yes. And frankly, if they say no, good, bless and release. Like, yeah, yeah have a good day. Else. Yeah. <laughs> and so if they say yes, now you stand in your place of expertise and you make a recommendation. You know, my recommendation would be that we start with a package of hours or however it is that you work, or I work on a, you know, this many hours a week or however you do your business. So for me, I might say to somebody, my recommendation is that we work together privately. And there's a couple ways we could do that. I have a VIP program and I have a monthly coaching program. Of those two, which would you be more interested in hearing about? So now I'm going to give it back to them and they're going to say, oh, I want to hear about your VIP program, Mickey, right? So then I'm going to lay out the offer. I'm going to say, you know, this is what's included in my VIP program. The price of that is this. Then I'm going to issue another invitation. Is that something you'd like to move forward with? Okay. Now they're going to do a couple things. They're either going to say, yes, awesome. I have a new (laughs) client. 
I'm going to then let them know how to pay me right mm-hmm. then on the call because I'm going to I'm going to secure that payment. So now we're we're in. They're in, I'm in. I, they're going to hold my feet to the fire because they paid me money. Their feet are held to the fire because they paid me money, right? So mm-hmm. now they're in. But if they say no, they've declined. Okay, so we got to check or maybe they ask another question. Okay, we answer the question, then we issue another invitation. But a lot of times what happens is they'll say, you know, I need to think about it. Mm-hmm. which is true because sometimes people really do need to think about it. Mm-hmm. So the most important thing you can do on that in that situation is before you end the call is you schedule your next time to chat. Mm-hmm. So if you said to me, Nikki, I need to think about it. I would say, great. About how much time do you think you'll need? Let's go ahead and schedule a circle back call now on our calendars. That way I can answer any questions that come to mind and we'll talk about next best steps for working together. And then we're going to schedule a time on our calendars. I'm going to call you or or we're going to meet on Zoom on that time. And then that is when you're like moving that sale. But if if they say, I need to think about it and you go, great, let me know. You've missed it. (laughs) You've probably lost their business. Or if they say, I need to think about it and you say, okay, great, I'll call you next week. Well, when you call them next week, you're not on their calendar. They're not going to answer because they're Mm -hmm. busy. They need you for a reason. <laughs> so right. getting back in touch with them is so slim to none that in earning their business is so much harder. So make it super easy for them because mm-hmm. most of us live and breathe our calendars. Like if you're mm-hmm. on my calendar, here I am. And if you're right. not on my calendar, I'm nowhere to be found, right? So get on their calendar and then they get on the call with you. Chances are they've made a decision or maybe they have one more question Or frankly, maybe they've decided not to hire you. Chances are they'll have canceled that time. So they won't waste your time Mm -hmm. getting on a call. And now you're not wasting a bunch of time and energy going like, should I call them today? Should I send an email? What should I say in that email? (laughs) Like, I don't want you spending a bunch of time trying to figure out what to do next because you already know it's already scheduled. Mm -hmm. That was a long answer to your question. No, no, because what you just said about what what do I do? Do I call? Do I email? How do I handle this? This is what I hear virtual assistants come to me with all the time. It's like I had this discovery call and it's all very not clear what to do. So I love how clearly you laid that out and how important it is to make it really easy for our clients to hire us, work with us and have those conversations with us. I think that's so, so important. So Nikki, I feel like you've given us so much today. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. What a what a wonderful conversation about discovery calls and just um, a great entry point, especially for newer VAs who are just not familiar with this process. Um, simple shifts of just making things really clear um, are can really make a difference and and that closing rate and landing those clients. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. And um, one question I always like to ask my guests is what's one thing about you that's totally separate from your business, a hobby or just something like that you like to do? What lights you up and like, what do you like to do? <laughs> okay. Well, one of the things that I really love and it lights me up and frankly, I feel like it fills my soul is I go for walks. I, where I live, we have a river and there's a, a green belt next to the river. So you can walk the river like right along the river. So I do that as many times a week as I can fit into my schedule. And just the sound of the running like yes. river water, I feel like 
it is my, it's my happiest place. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it just refills my, replenishes my soul anytime I feel depleted. So that's me in walking along the river. You can find me there many times a week, just like basking in the the beauty of it and the sound and the the feel. And I often go and put my feet in the water and stand there. That's awesome. Where, where are you located? Like in the, Uh, I live in Boise, Idaho. Oh, okay. Nice. River and it's, it's spectacular. It's beautiful. Awesome. It's yeah, it's lovely. That's awesome. I the sound of running water is so like healing and soothing. I, I used to live with my husband on a um on a farm in the mountains in Colorado and there was a river that ran behind our house and we would open up all the windows at night because we could hear it. It was like a oh. natural like white noise machine. So I yeah. totally now I live I, I moved back home to we're back home in Dallas, Texas. If we don't, we don't hear that outside of our window, okay. but I, I do. I love that sound. So I totally, totally get how healing and rejuvenating that can be. Yeah. So thank you so much, Nikki, for sharing all of this with us today. And then of course, everyone after hearing all of your wisdom is going to want to get in touch with you and learn more from you because we can never have too many like sales skills. So where can my support squad listeners get in touch with you and learn from you? Well, I'd love to offer your listener uh, a free ebook from me and it's called Closing the Sale. And it kind of walks through some of the things that we talked about, gives some of the language that I gave here. And it's all about boosting confidence. And you can get that by going to your sales maven and maven is maven.com forward slash squad. So that's specific for your listeners. And then we'll be connected. Um, and you can also check out my podcast. I have my own podcast called Sales Maven. Super easy to find where I give lots of tips and I do on-air coaching calls and uh, share client success stories. So I would love to connect and hear from somebody. If you had a good takeaway from this episode, please reach out and let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Nikki. And thank you so much for your time today. It's been so fun talking to you and connecting with you. So thank you. Same. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Support Squad podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes at thesupportsquad.com to learn more about Nikki and how to connect with her. And if you miss signing up for the Support Squad membership because it was too big of an investment or you weren't ready to commit to the community and live coaching, I have something really special for you. The Support Squad... The Support Squad Resource Library gives you access to some of our most popular workshops, templates, and tools, all for one affordable price. Having all of these resources means that you never have to start from scratch with anything in your business. Join now and get 25 workshops from industry leaders, 42 templates, guides, and resources, and seven themed content bundles to make it easy to access the tools and training you need right now. You can learn more and sign up at thesupportsquad.com slash resource library. That's thesupportsquad.com slash resource library.